All right, Kyle. Well, thanks a lot for taking some time to talk to us today. Um, I really just want to start off with if you could tell us a little bit about how Barley and Birch got started um, and where the idea came from and what inspired you to start the company. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's my pleasure um, to talk with you. Uh, well, we, we got started when I was doing research for a lady who owned a kind of a slew of children's boutiques, and she said she just wanted some scientific research. Um, my background is in environmental science, um, and she wanted scientific research on um, what products were, you know, good for kids, what products were dangerous, and why. You know, what Europe was doing, what other other places were doing. Um, and, you know, because she was sick of hearing on the news, like, oh, this is going to kill your kid one week, and then the next week saying, oh, like, you know, that was fine, but this is really bad for your kid, and then the next week having it change again. <laughs> um, so I did, you know, I did research on, on just about everything. Um, and with the apparel industry in particular, I found that there was a huge gap between what companies were saying or, like, you know, I guess leading customers to believe um, and what was really true. So they would make statements ranging, you know, everywhere from this is, you know, this this is an organic one piece. Um, and what it ended up being was, you know, it might have been organic, but it was dyed using heavy dyes and printed using really, really nasty plastics. Um, so it became a really, 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 I guess, like, cyclical thing with me where I would just keep looking into more and more supply chains, and it would be even nastier and nastier. Um, when I looked into it, a lot of sweatshops and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of, I, you know, got the idea because I saw that there's a huge market. These companies were making a ton of money. Um, there's a huge market for it. Um, and also, I was kind of appalled on the moral level that people were lying about stuff that could affect the health of children. Like, that's crazy. Um, so, yeah, so I, I got the impetus to start Barley and Birch. Simultaneously, I knew I wanted to give back. I always knew I wanted to donate a lot of my money. Um, but being, like, a 22-year-old, I mean, like, who has money? So I knew I needed to figure out a way to make some. Um, so I, you know, kind of just reworked a business model and made um, a really high quality product with the business model of, um, you know, being set up to give back um, to communities. Nice. And did, is it right that you were still in school or maybe in graduate school when you started this? <laughs> yeah, I should have mentioned that. So that was that was my first job right out of college. So I had just graduated. And took everyone's favorite job, which is an unpaid internship, <laughs> and was and took a, took a job consulting to you know both use my degree, which I was not doing in my unpaid internship, um, and also um, make money on the side. So basically, yeah, that was it because I knew I was going to take a year off between undergrad and law school. Um, so my internship was you know to get something reasonably decent on my resume before I popped off to San Diego to surf for a year. Um, so that, that was the plan. Yeah, that was a really good question. Nice. So, and also I think you had no prior experience in the apparel industry, I guess. So, so how did, I mean, how did you learn and how did you know what to do to, to start a, a clothing line here? <laughs> yeah, that's such a good question. I had no experience at all. And I always tell people it was just a lot of trial and error. I mean, it was a lot of mistakes. It was a lot of research and research and phone calls and people being rude and people taking advantage of me because I was, you know, a 22-year-old, like, <laughs> gullible girl. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really, really hard. I think the apparel industry, people always say, is notably hard. But I think any industry is notably hard, um, especially if you don't have experience and especially if you're trying to do something that's even remotely um, 
innovative. So yeah, it was really, really hard. And I think the way, I guess if I had to offer kind of like tips or tools for navigating it, because it will be, you know, inevitably challenging, um, I think I would always say to, you know, not be afraid to ask for advice or help. There are a lot of really kind entrepreneurs out there. I know I speak to probably an entrepreneur a week um, that will say something along the lines of like, hey, I read about you in a magazine. You seem nice. Can I ask you a question? I'm like, I will. you can ask me whatever you want. Like, I'm happy to help. Um, <laughs> you know, anything, because it really, really sucks, the entire process. Um, but there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there, you know, in every industry that, you know, will kind of help answer some questions and point you in the right direction. Um, I really relied on um, being a member of a green business network to help kind of like firm up our supply chain um, and help, you know, I guess make some just business decisions and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was definitely hard, but I guess asking a lot of questions and not being too proud to to say, hey, I'm new. Uh, Do you have any advice about this or this or this? Right. I mean, did you ever take on a mentor or anything? Or, or like you said, was it really just week to week finding a new person to ask a question to in the industry? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely just week to week. Kind of like, you know, I'd pop out. I'd, we, I was on a listserv, so I'd send out an email like, hey, anyone know of any sewers that can do this? You know, I'm still <laughs> looking. And um, someone would say, hey, yeah, I do. I know this person. And then someone else would send me an email like, well, why don't you think about this? And so then I would kind of follow up. I would follow up with that, but yeah, it was just kind of like, it was definitely like crowdsourcing um, <laughs> when it came to me figuring out what was going on. <laughs> well, that's great. I guess uh, that's how it always starts out. Um, I also wanted to ask a little bit about some of the, wh- what you did to market the brand in the early days. I mean, how'd you, you know, was it getting into boutiques or stores or was it all just selling straight through the website? I mean, how did you get the word out right from the start? Yeah, that's another really good question, and that's kind of, I think, what makes our brand even solid today is kind of, like, how we started out. Um, I mean, we opened the doors for business January of 2009. Um, We had already invested a lot of money in research and development, like, not, I guess, not a lot compared to most companies, but just we were already in. Um, And January 2009, if, if we can recall, was a really nasty point in the recession, especially for the market we were going for, which was kind of like boutique, uh, um, environmentally friendly, high-end-ish stores. Um, So what happened was we had a lot of inventory. Um, We then kind of compiled a list of 500 retailers. We knew we wanted to be like primarily wholesale um, because it it stems from basically me saying, I don't want to deal with like having to do an online store. And also simultaneously, I was in my first year of law school at this point. so I knew that I did not want to maintain an online store. So we were just going to do a wholesale, big orders, you know, boom, done. Um, so we compiled a list of like 500 stores that we thought would be a good fit for our brand. We sent them sales sheets um, and kind of a letter saying like, hey, we're new, we're awesome, this is, what, this is what we're doing and why we think you'll like us. And we kind of braced ourselves just to sell out immediately. We thought they were going to just die because we had the coolest stuff ever and we had the coolest business model and we were awesome, <laughs> um, which obviously did not happen. It did not happen. We got a couple orders, not enough to pay our bills, not enough to even remotely be satisfying um, as far as that goes. And so what I ended up doing was what I, what I call now like guerrilla marketing. Like what I ended up doing was just sitting in class 
reaching out to bloggers, reaching out to family bloggers, because I realized that no one's going to buy our brand if no one knows about it. Um, so the best way to get going on that was to reach out to hundreds of bloggers and say, hey, I, I'll, you know, we're ha we would love to send you a piece to review if you would want to tell your readers about us. We'd be happy to give one of your readers a piece of their choice if you want to have a contest. Um, and so then, within a couple of months, we were getting emails from stores saying, like, we've never heard of you, but these moms are coming in asking um, because they've heard of your brand. <laughs> um, so, so that's kind of how that's kind of how we got started. Um, it wasn't until just in December, this past December. So we were already on our feet, doing great. We'd already been written about in Inc. magazine, Fortune magazine. Um, it was still after that in December that I um, we decided to shell out our first couple bucks for advertising. Um, we had never paid for advertising, whereas a lot of companies I think make a huge mistake. And they'll um, start out, and they'll be young, and they'll just get kind of blinded by the by the press, and they'll say like, "I'm going to launch a PR campaign where I'm going to spend, you know, five grand on PR, and then spend two grand on a magazine ad, and the return on interest is nothing because they don't have um, that kind of like grassroots base level following." Right. No, I think that's definitely a huge problem that a lot of young companies um, get into, but. So, so through the past couple of years with Barley and Birch, um, is there something you think that stands out as maybe your biggest challenge or obstacle that you've encountered through it? Yeah, I think I think it changes. Between, you know, gauging on like when I'm asked, I think I would come up with a different answer. I think <laughs> at this stage, um, the biggest challenge on a day-to-day -day basis and even just in general is trying to figure out the appropriate net, like appropriate speed of growth. Um, so at this point, our growth is really poised to be really, really fast. Um, and I didn't go to business school, and so I'm kind of uninformed on the entire process, but I kind of <laughs> go with my gut, and I always think it's going to be okay. But a lot of people would say at this stage we should be borrowing money. We should be borrowing money to kind of like re, you know, refinance and fuel a quicker level of growth. Um, I'm not a big proponent of that. So at this point, our growth and our our ability to kind of keep moving forward as a company is really stalled um, because we are we're growing really fast, so we can't really keep up. Um, so if there's a lot of kind of like hiccups and growing pains and stuff like that. Um, so that's definitely a challenge. It's kind of like a, you know figuring out the appropriate way of growing. I think that's kind of coming from a you know we're in our third year of business. I think before that it was definitely just just like getting up and, like, keeping moving forward and, like, having enough faith in what you're doing to, um, you know, keep doing it and, like, being fine not making a single cent for, like, two years of your life and, like, needing to work, like, 8,000 jobs just when you're <laughs> trying to, like, get the startup money. Uh, I mean, that's a huge challenge. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, think, I think the thing is that people often don't realize is that everyone does it. Um, every single entrepreneur goes through something like that. If they do it smart and they don't just go running to investors right away. Great, Kyle. And just to wrap this all up, is there, you know, could you leave us with one piece of advice um, for young entrepreneurs today? What, what would it be? Uh, it would be to know your budget. Be realistic with your budget. Do not think that you can do it for half the amount that you can because you're not giving your idea a fair shot. 
Um, there's something to be said for being frugal, but at the same time, if you under budget, you're not going to be able to keep your doors open for long because you're not going to have any um, working capital or you know money to kind of keep everything going while you get on your feet. I see a lot of really great businesses fail because of that. All right, Kyle. I think that's perfect. I mean, that's all the questions I have for you. Was there anything else that we didn't touch on or that you wanted to mention? No, just that I'm always happy to answer any questions if anyone has them. Um, I love talking with new entrepreneurs all the time to save them some of the heartaches I went through. <laughs> perfect. Well, thanks a lot for answering all those questions. I, I think that was perfect. Definitely.